This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the TV Podcast. Uh, joining me today is Scott and Otto, and we are going to be discussing... Uh, well, this episode is TBU Ranks, and we're going to be discussing the um, animated versions of Riddler. Now, this is every every version of animation that you can think of, whether it be a show, a film, or it is a, um, a game, a video game, because all of those versions are, in fact, animated. So all of the actors, or in this case, voice actors that we are ranking, specifically lent their voices to versions of Riddler. As we talked about on a previous episode, our first TBU Ranks episode that we did a couple of, well, at this point, it's been just about over a month uh, since the last time we did one. Um, What we did is all five of the normal hosts, um, we put together our rankings Um, There is a total of 21 voice actors, uh, or I should say 21 people who voice acted for the Riddler because some of these, some of them are not actually voice actors, um, as you'll see from the lower parts of our ranking system. But um, we took all 21 um, and uh, instead of abstaining like we had for the last, for the live action versions, I provided uh, examples of the voice acting for each one of these characters to all five of our hosts, and we were able to use those samples to basically rank the animated versions of Riddler f- between one and twenty-one. So overall, what we're gonna go, we're gonna do is we're gonna work from the worst to the best, and I'll give you the average score, and then some of them we're gonna discuss. Um, a little bit more, and some of them we'll discuss a little bit less. I will say there are a good selection of voice actors or people that we are ranking here that had very little material to actually rank in general because they didn't have a ton of appearances to begin with. So keep that in mind as, uh, while one of these might be your favorite version of Riddler, um, we're, we're specifically, obviously it's our own opinion, but also we are basing it off of the material that uh, we can readily find available. Quick shout out to the YouTube channel Cinema Debate. Uh, they had an awesome uh, video called Evolution of the Riddler in Cartoons in 11 Minutes um, up through 2018. And it was very easy to compile a lot of the examples because of this video. So props to Cinema Debate for that uh, that, that convenient video that helped us out 
with coming up with the examples for it. Now, everything that happened past 2018 uh, is still readily available. Clips, it's easier to find newer clips and his older clips when it comes to animation online. But that video that uh, Cinema Debate put together helped out a lot. So thanks to that channel. In addition to that... Um, that is what we're going to be focusing on this time around. Uh, before we get started, just before we get into the thick of it with these rankings, I do want to encourage all of our listeners, if you do have a topic that you'd like us to discuss in the future, we will be wrapping up Riddler as a whole with TBU Ranks here um, in the coming month within June. We're going to be doing a combination of all the voice actors and the live action actors and doing a 100% combined ranking of them. Uh, I was kind of hoping there's actually a new voice actor who's going to be voicing a version of the Riddler for the upcoming Bat Wheels television show. I was hoping we get a glimpse of that just to use it, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen prior to us doing that, but it is what it is. Um, but that said, after we get done with that 100%, all of the actors who've portrayed Riddler in either animation or live action, uh, we are going to be looking for a new new topic to do TV ranks. And one of the things we're looking to do is in, we're, tr- we're going to look to do something outside of the realm of actors. Um, so we're looking for suggestions. So if you guys have a suggestion on something you look at like us, You'd like to hear us rank and get a definitive ranking for when it comes to something of variety. Keep in mind, uh, I'm trying to stay away from, to a degree, I'm trying to stay away from bat symbols or batmobiles for the time being just because we could literally be ranking, you know, 60 plus items and maybe even more and that might be very difficult to do. Uh, that said, uh, that's not to say that in the future we couldn't do that to maybe break up an overall ranking into multiple episodes. But for the time being, we're trying to stick with something that could potentially be broken up into around 20 items um, in that in the neighborhood, either plus or minus 10. So that is what we're looking for. So if you guys have a suggestion, definitely let us know and uh, we will consider that for our future TV Ranks episodes. Also, if you have any other suggestions for things you'd like us to talk about or, or see us uh, discuss, then be sure to let us know by either leaving a comment wherever you're listening to this or shooting us an email at tbu at the batmanuniverse.net. All right, with that, let's get into our rankings. So first up, um, the first person who gets the lowest ranking out of everyone is Bruce Tim. You may be wondering yourself, wait, Bruce Tim, isn't he a producer, an artist, you know, uh, somebody who's worked on a lot of uh, Batman projects, but not as a voice actor. And you would be right. Uh, but it turns out it, back in 2010, he voiced Riddler very briefly in Batman Under the Red Hood. And what was really amusing is the clip that we were that we provided for our rankings. It literally just sounded like he went Ugh, and he got punched. And that was the extent of any version of it. And I don't it has to be like a trivia fact about like, oh, who has Bruce, what villain has Bruce Tim voiced? Because I didn't know Bruce Tim did it, but it's probably in the credits, and that's why he's gotten credit, even though it is such a minuscule uh, aspect of what <laughs> of what you could expect. Um, next up, we have Ted Knight. Um, his first appearance as the Riddler was in 1968 during the Batman Superman Hour. 
Um, he gets our the 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 second worst score with two point four. I didn't. I, I forgot to mention Bruce Tim, Tim's score was one point six as the average. Um, next up was Michael Bell from nineteen seventy eight. He voiced the Riddler in Hanna Barbera's Challenge of the Super Friends. He also voiced. Um, it in the 1980 series Super Friends as well. Um, his score was 3.5, so he gets number three for the rankings, or I should say number t- 19, working backwards as the rankings moving towards number one. Um, Conan O'Brien uh, surprisingly voiced Riddler in 2017 during the Lego Batman movie. This is the theatrical Bat- Lego Batman movie. Um, personally, I love Conan O'Brien. There wasn't a whole lot to deal with. It was kind of him just kind of laughing in the film. There was there wasn't much more that you could uh, base it off of. Um, his score was 4.2. Um, next, we have Steve Staley. Now, this one's kind of unique because it's not a show, it's not a film, and it's not a game, but it is an animated version of Riddler. So during the, uh, well, it was back in 2014 that this released, but in 2014, Mattel, also Fisher-Price, more specifically Fisher-Price, released a number of animated shorts related to the Fisher-Price Imaginex line, and some of the shorts that they released featured various Batman villains that they had uh, getting taken down or taken, you know, captured or whatever by Batman. And Riddler was actually voiced by Steve Staley in this, in the, in these shorts. Uh, there was, uh, so his score was a 6.6, giving him the fifth worst um, when it comes to the rankings. Next, we have Weird Al Yankovic, and you probably are wondering, really, him? But yes, 2013, he first voiced Riddler in some DC Nation shorts, and then later on, he reprised his role in DC Superhero Girls um, in the the one that's on Cartoon Network, if I, if I remember correctly, um, is who it is, and the um, because we do have another voice actor who voiced uh, Riddler in DC Superhero Girls, the web series that was on was online exclusively. His uh, Weird Al Yankovic's uh, his score was seven point six. Um, next, we have Roger Craig Smith, who has done a number of different things, including voicing Batman, but he also voiced Riddler in 2014 for Lego Batman 3, as well as Lego Dimensions. Um, his score was 7.8, so very close between uh, Roger Craig Smith and Weird Al. Next, we have Dave Franco, who voiced Riddler in Young Justice back in 2011. His score was 8.6. Dave Franco is probably better known as a live-action Riddler, or not live-action Riddler, live-action actor, um, who previously has worked on a variety of different projects, including uh, probably his best current work that he's known for as Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Uh, then we have uh, Jason Spisak. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. He voiced Riddler in 2013 for Young Justice Legacy. Now, Young Justice Legacy um, was actually a video game that was released for kind of after Young Justice had already wrapped up. They had already previously announced a video game that was coming for Young Justice. Um, 
but it was after the series had actually already been canceled at that point, and they obviously did not get Dave Franco to come in to voice the character for the video game. Um, the Riddler appeared as a boss in the game itself, and that's where Spisak um, actually voiced him, and this ranking was 9, uh, even 9. All right, next up we have Yuri Lothenthal. You solved my riddles. You get me. I don't even know you. I'm the Riddler. Will you, Batgirl, go to the dance with me? The dance? But what about that weeping thing? Your tears of joy at my over-the-top romantic tactics. And this was the other actor who voiced in DC Superhero Girls, but this was in 2016 for the animated web series that was releasing specifically on YouTube, which they had a lot of episodes that actually released. His score was a total of 10.8, and Scott, you gave it a 14. It's pretty high up there. Well, I guess not ultimately that high up there. It's dead center in the middle. Um, why, why did you give it a 14? You know, it's not, it's obviously not the best based on my ranking. Like, I feel like once you get below like 16 or 15, like it doesn't really matter so much. But the one thing I thought was kind of unique about this performance was he reminded me of one of those like good evening milady dudes at the bar. You know, like his portrayal was just kind of like, I mean, obviously, since it was, you know, definitely clued into how he interacts with like Batgirl in the show, it seems like that's, you know, that portrayal was just a little bit different and you know creepy but also seemingly in keeping with the character so i just wanted to like say i appreciate that yeah i hadn't uh, i hadn't actually seen uh this version before until we were doing our rankings and uh i, I looked at the the sample that uh that was listed there and i was actually really pleasantly surprised because i thought it was actually a really uh, decent version it's also the the clip that we actually used was kind of unique because he was almost trying to trying to court Batgirl because of Batgirl's awesome detective skills. It turns out he's very interested. Uh, those of you who are unfamiliar with DC Superhero Girls, the uh, heroes and villains all attend a, a high school together, and uh, there is some mismatching of certain characters with other characters that can provide some humor. It amongst the show. It's a pretty... I actually really enjoyed it. I used to watch it with my daughter when it was first out. I prefer that version of DC Superhero Girls much more than the version that is on Cartoon Network. All right, next up we have Shannon McCormick, who back in 2013 voiced Riddler for DC Universe Online. Their score was 11.8. There's not much here to say because... Um, the version is a detective who uh, kind of works... Uh, is kind of upset because of some stuff that's happening with the Joker and actually receives help from the players during the campaign. It's more of the detective version of Riddler more so than the villain version. Um, and he also he helps players in the hero campaign to evade Deathstroke. Um, overall, um, there's not a whole lot there, but they do use the classic um, Jim Lee version of the character's in DC Universe Online, so you do get that Riddler version that uh, we've come to expect from Jim Lee's art. Next up, we have Jeffrey Arend, uh, who recently in 2019 voiced Riddler in Batman Hush. Um, I will say, uh, this was not one of my favorite versions, but I think it had less to do with the voice acting and more to do with the actual portrayal of the character itself. Uh, this kind of strayed away from the comics, which was... 
I think part of what brought it down for me, because outside of the clip that uh, I provided everybody to take a look at, I've seen the movie and it's not exactly my favorite version of Riddler. So I think that kind of did it. But Otto, you had it a little bit higher than uh, than the average of 12.4 that it had. What was the reason you gave, you gave it a little bit higher score? So the reason for me is, um, so just like you, I, I've seen the film. Um, and it is a very different version of Riddler. It's not the one that we're typically used to. However, um, I will say that I consider these sort of film adaptations to be just that adaptations and they do often change things. And with the, the Hush adaptation specifically, uh, there was a, a twist at the end that, that also deviated from the comics and, for that specific version and for that twist and what they were looking for and what they were trying to get in that movie, I think that version succeeded. So that's why I have it that high. All right. So then next up we have Rob Polson, uh, who voiced Riddler in 2013 for the Lego Batman 2 video game and then subsequently the Lego Batman the movie, DC Superheroes Unite. The movie itself was kind of a combination of taking a lot of the cut scenes that were actually created specifically for the Lego Batman 2 game. Um, at this point, this was when Lego games started to deviate from just having text to write and actually having voice actors voice a lot of the characters. And I don't know for a fact that Lego Batman 2 was the very first one, but I know it was the first one out of the Lego Batman games because the original Lego Batman game did not have any voices. And I remember when the game came out, I was extremely interested in it because I, the first game that came out, I was I played 100% with my wife uh, back before our days of actually having children and not being able to play video games. Um, but we played that game 100%, so I was really interested in seeing the second one. And I remember hearing about the movie, but I heard about the movie in like such an offhand way because at that point, the game had already released and it was kind of like, surprise, there's a movie coming out in like a couple of weeks. And I did not have any idea that it was coming until it just kind of was there. Um, so Rob Polson, his score was a 12.8, uh, very close to the 12.4 from the previous one, but a little bit behind the next one, which was John Michael Higgins from 2010 in Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Um, his score was a 13.8. Personally, this one's not. This one was a little bit higher for me. I had a. I had it at a sixteen, so higher than the average of thirteen point eight. I like this version, but it reminds me a lot of Frank Gorshin, and obviously that's what they were trying to play into because the Batman Brave and the Bold TV show was kind of taking place during that Silver Age of of comics, even though. Well, Silver Age in general. I mean, there was a lot of campy humor that was added in, specifically using some of the villains and other characters that Batman was teamed with. But they lent, they they leaned into what was happening with the camp, and it worked. And I thought that uh, it was a good interpretation of what you would expect from somebody who was trying to make the character sound as if it was from the '60s. Comparing that to like Ted Knight or Michael Bell, who had characters much earlier on. Um, I thought this was a better interpretation of Frank Gorshin, but obviously not one of the absolute best. Next up, we have Robert Unglund. Don't you ever get tired of riddles? Oh, but you'll like this one. What's at the beginning? That's also at the end. The answer is Gorman. And you 
You see, I was always interested in matters of the mind, even if my dim-witted daddy couldn't understand. Games, you see, were much more interesting when you were playing for something real. Yet I needed still bigger challenges, which is how I, of all people, ended up in a Gotham University lab. From 2005 in The Batman. Now, this is surprising because Robert Unglund is best known for playing Freddy Krueger. And uh, I know you both have some comments. You both had him ranked much higher than the average of 14.2. Let's talk about this. So I will start off by saying, you know, I used to really not like this portrayal. Um, And I think it really was born out of um, the art initially, you know, and I've watched the Batman a lot and I feel like I've come around on it a lot because I used to not like that iteration of the show, but I feel like that's because it came on the heels of the animated series. But, you know, in watching like the Riddler specific stuff um, again and thinking about it and also comparing it to the rest of the list, you know, Robert Englund, I thought his, you know, creepy vibe and what they were going for, it was different than, you know, a lot of these Riddlers we're seeing here. We are seeing, you know, Riddlers that fall into different buckets on this list. Like you just mentioned, like the Frank Gorshin style. Like there's a few, you know, like the um, Super Friends and everything kind of falls in that bucket. But I feel like this horror edge, creepy edge, it fits the tone and the style of the Batman. And... You know, while I'm still not in love with the weird Marilyn Manson design, um, I do think it's a pretty good performance. Like, he, I think he does a really good job, and it does, you know, elevate Riddler as more of a creepy, scarier villain for the Batman to fight, you know, in this iteration of the character. Um, yeah, to, to echo what Scott was saying, I think the design is definitely the weakest problem but if you can see past that um and for me this ranking is more so because um the performance is so directly tied to the character's arc within the show and what i mean by that is um within the show this version of riddler we we sort of see him become the riddler and there's this there's this push and pull going on with him where he's trying to be good or and then uh, there's really emotional um I have, it's been a while since I've seen the show, but I, I vaguely remember there was really like emotional story arc with him and he had a girlfriend on the show at one point, the Riddler. And, um, there was something that happened with that that was actually uh, somewhat uh, moving or more, more moving than you typically see in an animated show for kids. And the, the performance of, of this version of Riddler, I mean, just going through the different, the, the wide spectrum of emotions uh, that, of that character arc, I think really uh, pushed it to the top for me. I will say I did not have the character ranked as high as you guys, but it was definitely still something that I thought was, was, was good. And it, you do have to look past the actual design of the character because they were going for something very, very different than what we were used to, but they were also doing that on purpose. I mean, this series also had, it also had the, the, the monkey Joker and what I like to call. So uh, it's, you know, Joker running around without any shoes on. He's got these giant feet and he kind of looks like a monkey with um, some questionable taste in hair. Um, but that's he that be- suit later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but I mean like I like I will say when interestingly when we started the podcast years and years ago 
The Batman was a show that I really did not even really want to touch. It wasn't that it was inherently bad by any means. I mean, the show ran for a full five seasons with 65 episodes. I mean, it's it's it definitely did a good job. But I was not, I, I, I just remember like seeing bits and pieces prior to starting the podcast in 2008. And I had not really seen a lot of them because this was before they collected a lot of it on DVD. It wasn't like you could stream a lot of the stuff online for free and you couldn't certainly buy any digital versions of the show at, you know, very easily. Uh, it was still, I think, a couple years before the iTunes store. You could buy single episodes. And personally, I never bought anything on iTunes. So it wasn't something that I was really into. I remember seeing certain things when the show first came out. I remember the the theme song that was in some ways to this day I can still hear that theme song in my head um, but it wasn't until years later that uh, my son got I had I my son was born and he had gotten into a lot of the animated animated stuff and I had the DVDs at the time but still had not watched really a whole lot of them and we sat down and we watched it and actually if you don't watch the series and compare it directly to some, you know, that's predecessor of the animated series or Batman Beyond or anything else that was going on at the time, because this was also around the same time that Justice League and Justice League Unlimited were coming out. There was, it was a vastly different version of Batman, but it actually is really good. Um, they did a really good job of like doing something that was so far removed from the animated series, but telling it in its own unique way. And like when you actually watch the episodes, they do a great job of like carrying on the character development throughout the series. You know, things are a little bit different than the comics, but it doesn't really do it in a bad way. I mean, Batgirl shows up before Robin, which in some ways makes sense because Batgirl's older in the comics and she's also older here in the series. It works. And Sure, there was reasons that you know that Robin wasn't originally in the series to begin with because he was over in Teen Titans and they didn't want the two characters appearing in two different shows at the same time, especially different versions. But they did a really good job, and there's a lot of villains, including Riddler, where they took a drastically different take on the character, and because of that, it it kind of works. I mean, the only character, and I don't have a problem with the voice actor for Joker. It's just the actual character design of Joker that I I don't like. But uh, the series was overall really really good. It probably deserves a deep dive at some point here on the podcast. I agree. I, I think um, you know on on second or third watch, uh, you know, with some distance from the animated series. I think uh, it does some things thematically even better than the animated series. And I'm not saying it is better as a whole, but I'm saying it, it, it does quite a few things better. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, I would agree with that just because, you know, I had a friend and I will say I want to thank this friend if they ever listen to this, but really made me to like to watch it past a few episodes and get to things like the Clayface arc where it's just, you know, it's it is such an amazing arc and you know as well as a twist on the lore and it's just it's really you know worth anybody's time and yeah i definitely think that should be a podcast topic in the future sometime all right so moving our our rankings along uh next we have brent spiner who is best known for voicing data or not voicing but playing data in star trek next generation um he voiced Riddler in Justice League Action, the very short-run, short-lived show in 2017. Um, 
his ranking score was 14.4. Um, I thought this one was good, but it was very similar. You know, Scott, earlier you mentioned that they fall into buckets, and that, that is, like, the, honestly the best way to put it. You've got the Frank Gorshin. You've got the highly skilled detective version. You've got kind of the creepy version, which I think not only does Robert Unglin, but also one of our upcoming ones kind of fall into not so much about the, not not leaning so much into the horror, but leading into the more psychotic version of Riddler more so than the smart version of Riddler or the 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 goofy version of Riddler that we've seen. So uh, that was 14.4 for Brent Spiner. Next we have Matthew Gray Goobler, um, who is best known for his live action in, uh, portrayal of a character in... Oh man, what is the show that I... It is... Uh, uh, Criminal Minds that I couldn't remember it for a second, but he voiced Batman in, or he voiced Riddler that is in Batman Ark- Assault on Arkham uh, back in 2014. His ranking was 15. Um, and then next we have a more recent version of Riddler uh, with Jim Rash, who first started voicing Riddler and is still voicing Riddler, actually, in the Harley Quinn animated series. All right. <laughs> it's a wasteland out there. In here, I get three squares, plenty of cardio. I'm in the best shape of my life. This His score was 15.8. Um, Scott, you had him high, pretty high. You almost You had him... Uh, at 19, which would have put him just one spot higher on this list than he is. Um, what what what's what do you like about Jim Rash's version of the Riddler? I I think he has a really good voice for it. It's 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 both annoying and also you know kind of unsettling in its own way and i mean like this show obviously is really heavy on like the comedy and like the adult humor and and you know really taking batman's world apart with you know just changing the way things work and how how the rules work you know in this universe um i just his portrayal you know obviously fits that tone and it's kind of really zany and over the top but it's done so in a way that's more like sadistic and violent and you know disturbing and i love that it's also the same guy who was kind of the uh was or not kind of but he was the dean in community you know or he's he's not known for playing a role like this outside of this that i can think of he's more you know someone who you can kind of sympathize and empathize with you know naturally so it's just i i thought it's just a really neat and unique portrayal. All right. Next on our list is Robin Atkin Downs or Dones. I'm probably butchering that. Um, this one is probably one that a lot of people are not thinking of necessarily, unless they've been dialed into the video games, because he voiced the Riddler in Batman: The Enemy Within, which was the sequel to the Batman Telltale series. And this version of the Riddler is known as Gotham's original costume criminal. Um, and he ha- he's very old in comparison to Batman because he's actually operated within the city back when Thomas Wayne and Carmine Falcone were involved in the city itself. Um, there was, he has a very unique, I had him 
ranked right here at uh, number 19, which would be number three overall. And um, I thought I thought this version was it was different, but I think the Telltale series did a great job of like messing with continuity, but still kind of making things still work in, in, in a really good way. Otto, what did you think? Yeah, exactly. I think it, it does. It did. It did mess with continuity and also simultaneously respected it. Um, for me, this is uh, an experiential thing. Like I was playing the game, and you know, and you're locked into the story. And for, for me, this Riddler, perhaps more than any other one on this list, walked that line between being um, being devious and also being threatening at the same time. Kind of that nerdy side, but also. Um, being really uh, threatening to Batman. The scene that comes to mind for me was uh, on that ship. You have the uh, the two cops there in, in the game, and you're forced to make a choice. And that's one of the few times uh, for me where I really felt like Riddler puts Batman in a no win scenario. Like you you can't you can't save everyone in that situation. And just the way the the voice actor brought brought that out of the character in that moment, uh, it just really played so well with what was happening in the story. All right, now we get into our final two, and it, like I said, there is no question when it comes to who the top two are when it comes to our hosts, because every single one of us voted both of these at the exact the exact same way. These were the only ones that across the board we all had the same rating for. Um, so coming in at number two as the top, the, the second top Riddler in an animated version was Wally Wingert. What kind of band doesn't play music? Answer, a band of thieves. <laughs> um, who has voiced Batman since 2009 in the Arkham games. But he has also voiced Riddler in Batman Return of the Cape Crusader and Batman vs. Two-Face, which were the two animated films set in the 60s universe that came out. He's also voiced Batman in, or I keep saying Batman, I'm meaning the Riddler, but I keep saying Batman because I keep seeing the word Batman across my screen a million times. But the Riddler, he voiced the Riddler, that is, in Batman Return of the Cape Crusader and Batman vs. Two-Face. He's also voiced the Riddler in the Lego DC Super DC Supervillains game, which was essentially Lego Batman Four, uh, but more focused on the DC universe rather than specifically just the Batman universe. But then his best known role as the Riddler was in all of the Arkham games. Um, he had ratings from everybody at the twenty at the number twenty slot, which gives him the overall ranking of number two. Um, I don't think there's a question that when you hear the Riddler's voice, he is one of two voices that most people hear when they hear the Riddler. And if anything, he probably has voiced the Riddler more overall minutes than any other of the any any other actor on this list. And I say that because even though there are lots of series here that ran for a long period of time, including uh, Batman the Animated Series, which we, we will get to in a second, none of them, none of the Riddlers had an overall ton of appearances. Um, they appeared in a couple of episodes, not consistently a character that's in you know an entire you know entire season or something like that. So the fact that Wally Wingert's voiced him in two different movies, as well as an entire series of games, as well as another game that is um, also featuring it in a different version. 
Um, there are some differentials between the versions of Riddler that he voices. I did provide two different clips for our hosts to use to rank, but I think everybody is using the Arkham games as the main focus. Uh, what did you guys? Th- how, how do you guys think that uh, Wally Wingert, his voice portrayal is? I mean, obviously we all ranked it the same, but we all have feelings on why he belongs up here. Keep it somewhat brief. First, I'll say his Frank Gorshin impression is really good, but the Arkham games, um, you know, that he's in, I think it's hard to beat a voice actor who, when they're harassing you, heckling you, threatening you, and whining over the course of a game series at you, and it's so pleasurable to beat them at their own game and take them down, I feel like that is you know, in commendation of their performance, you know, like the fact that it's just, you just really want to like this guy grates on you so much. You just really want to like, as Batman, take him down. I think that says all there really needs to say. Yeah. It's interesting to sort of compare this to the telltale game. Cause while I said, you know, in the telltale game, you know, that was one of the first times I really felt that Batman was being put in a Nolan scenario. Um, and that's threatening in its own way, but in the Arkham games, as Scott was saying, it's about the satisfaction of overcoming it. So you don't feel like you're in a no-win scenario. You feel like you're in a grind, and you just have to get to the end. And when you get to the end, uh, it's very rewarding, but it's also simultaneously frustrating to get there. And I hope I never meet Wally Wingert, because I probably wouldn't like him, just because of you know, just playing the games and just hearing his voice uh, taunting and finding all those blasted Riddler trophies and riddles throughout all the games. Uh, I mean, it's a great performance, and and that's part of the reason why, because it's so annoying. I will say, to this day, Arkham Knight um, has eluded my the 100% completion because of only Riddler trophies. Um, the last that that is one of the last games that I tried to complete, but because of some of those Riddler trophies, I just and it wasn't even you know not being able to find something or decipher something. It was just some of the races with the the Batmobile and things like that. It's always the races, the timed things that always end up uh, making it so that I cannot finish something. Lego Batman Three was like that. There was a race where you had to fly as Green Lantern around Oa, and it took me forever to. To finish that up. All right, so our final one, uh, I don't think this is going to be a huge surprise to a lot of people, is John Glover. You know what happens to gate crashers? They have to match wits with the Riddler. The Riddler? What is that, Nigma? Some kind of joke on your name? Nigma? My, my. Can we actually have a brain beneath that pointy cowl of ours? Uh, John Glover voiced Riddler in not only Batman the Animated Series, but also Superman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures. Overall, he didn't have a ton of actual appearances because in Superman the Animated Series, he had a minor appearance. He only had a cameo appearance in, uh, in the new Batman Adventures. And in the animated series, he only actually appears in just a couple of episodes overall. Um, But his voice is synonymous, at least in my head, with with the Riddler. Um, He is higher than Wally Winger just because he's more classic of the version that I associate with uh, the Riddler. But 
he I mean honestly it's, it, they're very close they're very very close but I think overall it's exactly what you said earlier Otto about how I would I, I don't want to be around Wally Wingard because I don't want to hear the whining and the heckling that I had to experience through those Arkham games and that's why John Glover would be higher on my ranking um, but I will say um, there's a lot of things to really like I love the Riddler outfits in the animated series that's not what we're ranking here, of course. We're ranking the voice. But when I hear John Glover's voice, even when he was playing Lionel Luther in, in Smallville, I heard the Riddler, and I see the Riddler when I'm looking at him. That's how synonymous his voice is in my head with the Riddler. Yeah, I like whenever I read comics or anything, it's always John Glover's voice. It's never a question of who you know Riddler is to me. I think what it comes down to is he has the perfect level of like smugness and ego in his voice where he's you know most of the time he's not yelling or screaming or anything it's just kind of like this cool-headed smugness that i feel like really defines the character you know and has that lasting impression so that is our overall rankings um we would love to hear what you guys where you guys would rank some of these or where you think we're wrong or where you think we're right um, definitely what the, the wrong ones are always more interesting as, uh, you, if you conflict with what we've said, it's always interesting to hear your reasoning as to why you would rank somebody higher or somebody lower. Uh, so definitely leave your comments in the comments section below the episode. In addition to that, you can head over to the website for all kinds of news, original content, and other podcasts related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, bet. Bat fandom and comics. There's all kinds of all kinds of content over on the website, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Discord, Twitter. Uh, I already said Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're all over the place, and uh, there's all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. Our social links can be found over on our website, thebatmanverse.net. Over at our site, you'll also be able to find a section that will say support TBU. Uh, there's a number of different ways, including uh, becoming a patron on Patreon. If you do become a patron, you do get early episode or early releases of these episodes that are unedited um, as part of one of the tiers, as well as other perks related to some of the other podcasts we offer on the website as well, including the TBU Comic Podcast. Outside of that, uh, like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions on future TBU ranks or other topics you'd like us to discuss, be sure to let us know either in the comments section or by emailing us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. With all of that being said, for Scott, Otto, and myself, thank you so much for listening to the TBU Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.